Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Second Print Comics Podcast is brought to you by the fantastic Mr. Fox and his fantastic coffee, which you can find over at foxandsons.com. That's right. It's Fox and Sons, the official coffee brand of Second Print Comics. These guys literally fuel this show. My man, Stephen Fox, has all the best beans you could ever imagine you just got to go get yourself a sample and give yourself the SBC discount so head over to foxandsons.com f-o-x-n-s-o-n-s.com and use discount code second print pod that's going to get you 15 percent off your order i promise you my friends once you go fox and sons there is no going back enjoy today's show Hey, 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 comic fans. How are you? It's me. It's your old pal, Mark. There's no Remzo here. Instead, taking his place, someone who's done much more for my comic uh, comic growth uh, would be the man who introduced me to comics in the very first place, Eric, great patron of ours. What's up? Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. You know, it's always, it's always a, a strange combination of feeling weird when Remzo's not here, but also feeling more relaxed when he's not here. I don't know why that is. It's very odd. I can't believe it. He is a little intimidating when he's on. It's a little intimidating. He brings that uh, Deacon Frost kind of energy. <laughs> that Deacon Frost <laughs> energy. If you're someone laughing at that joke, then you are one. Of, you're a true fan. That's what I, I will say, and I will not go any further. Check out the SBC draft. If you don't get the Deacon Frost joke, it's very, very funny. You just got to listen to about an hour and 45 minutes of podcast to get to it. That's all. Uh, but I am here today <laughs> for a very special little chat with Eric, because Eric here, uh, while Remzo is out in assignment, I'm bringing you in to be my New York City Comic-Con exclusive reporter. You actually attended last weekend um, for full four, four, four full days. That's hard to say. Four full days, is that correct? Oh, I bought the I bought the four-day pass, but I could only make it three days. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Can, you couldn't sell the last day or and, like, make a profit off this thing somehow? I actually I actually gave the last day to uh, my coworker. Uh, oh, he really nice. wanted to go. He couldn't get the, a, you know, a badge in time, so... I called him up and I was like, Hey, I can't go to the fourth day. Do you want to go? How hard so. is it to get any ticket? First of all, to New York comic-con, I went to this comic-con a couple of times when I was a kid and I'm pretty sure, I mean, this is before online sales or anything like yeah. that. I don't think this is before online. My dad just brought me to the thing and we went in it wasn't a big deal, but I know like for, for San Diego comic-con, I mean, sometimes you just can't go. I mean, it's hard to really get tickets. You got to get on a list and you got to go in at a certain time. So how hard is it for the New York comic-con nowadays? Yeah. So it depends on when, when you want to go. Um, you know, something like a four day pass that those go pretty quick. 
Um, but if you're willing to go on, say, the first day, the Thursday, you can get tickets up until the same day. Um, I think on Thursday when I was there, there were probably at 70% capacity. So it's relatively easy depending on you know what your schedule is, how many tickets you want, and, and what, who and what you want to see. That's a less popular day just because it's the weekend, and I guess a lot of people are, you know, go to their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what's wrong so. with them, but yeah, I mean – I mean, on Thursday too, there's a lot of, there's still a little bit of setup going on. A lot of the exclusives aren't there. Some of the guests aren't there on Thursday, whereas Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those are a little bit more populated. All right. So let's break the set thing down. Then what was your experience like? Why don't we just start? We'll go chronologically. What was that first day like when there's still uh, people being set up? Uh, is there, is there more of an opportunity to kind of get into, uh, the weeds on some of the vendors and talk to other, you know, creators and that sort of thing? Just, uh, what's the whole experience like? Yeah, so I so I loved it. Uh, last year, I only went for one day. Um, that's Comic Con. New York Comic Con is way too big to cram into one day. So having the three days was fantastic. The first day, um, I just took it to go and get all the exclusive comics that I wanted. Um, for those who don't know, the exclusive comics are the ones you can just get at Comic Con. They have fancy covers, you know, different materials, stuff like that. Um, so I had a whole list of things that I wanted to go get. And then I kind of took it from there and just explored the expo floor a little bit. And then I went and got some autographs that I wanted from some of the creators. All right. Well, so we already talked about it. Well, off air anyway, about a couple yeah. of the books you picked up. What are the, which of those did you pick up the first day? Were those the, the really good ones? Yeah. So if you want, so this is going to be a pro tip for anyone. Yeah, we, I want, a, I want the pro tips. That's the goal here is to, <laughs> is to, I want, I want to life hack anyone who's looking to go to a convention who doesn't just do the dumb thing and have no plan uh, and just show up. And then you're like, wait a minute, what do I even do? You got to have a plan for these things, right? That's exactly right. So if there is an exclusive that you want, if there's a comic book that you must have, get there the first day and get there early. Um, I was there probably about an hour and a half before the con opened. I got in that queue line in the basement of the Javits Center. And, um, I went right to the first booth that I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted to get. And I was surprised. They had a surprise drop waiting for me, almost waiting for me um, when I got for there. For you, exclusively. Exclusive for me. And it was these two uh, metal berserker books. That It was a one of five and a one of ten. And, uh, and I was able to pick them up. And I think I got number one of ten and then like number four or five. So it was pretty pretty awesome that you know, it just worked out timing wise. So you went to that booth. Did you go there for something specific and you also got the surprise or were you just going there knowing yeah. it was a good booth? Yeah. So I went there. So I guess it's both. So I knew that was a good booth. Um, they had a number of exclusives that I was looking for. They had um, uh, world tree one through five. That's a James Tinian uh, book. That's, that's pretty hot right now uh, with uh, exclusive co- covers. It was limited one to um uh, 150, and then there was like a um, a Star Wars book with uh, Yoda covers, um, and it was the same Yoda cover. One was a trade variant, one was a version, and then one was a sketch version. Um, and then they had a Berserker metal cover that was one of 50, and they were out of that one. I don't know how they were out of that one, but they had these other two instead. So I picked up the other two. Crazy, crazy. So I I don't want to you know. I don't want to get into uh, your your own personal dealings necessarily, but let's just speak in hypotheticals. <laughs> just just in, broadly speaking, these surprise books that they're not cheap by any means, but no. the minute you drive them off the lot, unlike a car, 
Um, they do tend to rise in value quickly because obviously there's other people that might want these that were not there at the moment to get that you were there to get that book. So exactly you know, right. roughly speaking, what kind of like turnaround can you see on some of this stuff if that were what you were looking to do with it? Yeah. So some of these exclusives, you can see huge turnarounds on, um, you know, a lot of these comics, uh, you could see three, four five times your value. Um, you know, sometimes even more. Um, there was one at San Diego Comic-Con that I heard was going for over a thousand dollars. Um, it was like a $150 pickup. Wow. Um, and that was wow. this year. So they can go for quite a bit, you know, off market, um, you know, for people that couldn't make it to the con, which I think is, I think it's kind of crazy. It is. But I mean, really, if you, if you played your card, right, cards, right, you could, I mean, cause it's not cheap to get these conventions, especially if you're doing a four day pass and it's, and especially when you're staying in New York city, you know, this is not a cheap venture at all to, to get to one of these, even if you kind of live in the area like you do with New York City, let alone yeah. people flying out to San Diego cons and that sort of thing. But if you play your cards right and you're smart, it might make sense to fly even a day earlier and just get yourself, get your ass to a booth and get one of these because odds are you're going to, I mean, you're not going to lose money, right? You're going to be able to sell it to, you could turn around and sell it to a guy who just missed out at worst case. You know, you're not going to, yeah. you're not going to lose out. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the exclusive sell, unless you get something that's an extraordinarily obscure book, it's probably going to sell for you. So the likelihood that you're you're going to make a little bit of a profit on it, even if it's just a couple bucks, if that's your game, then yeah, it's pretty pretty good venture. All right, well that's a pro tip there. Now, um, what you said you got a couple books signed that first night too. What, what did you get signed? Who? Oh see? yeah. Um, so I went. Um, I saw Chris Claremont. Uh, whenever I go to a con, he's like an all-time legend for you. I mean, for everybody, but even more so for you, I'd say. Yeah. So if anyone listened to the SBC draft, I went uh, from Chris Claremont to Bill Sinkevich. Um, so Bill Sinkevich has been both surprisingly alive. I had to look. I had to look those up. <laughs> yeah, both both still alive. So um, Bill Sinkevich eluded me at the last uh, convention that I was at. Um, and I finally Do you mean got that literally you were trying you know, to get, you were trying to chase him and he kept, you know, kept ducking and Yeah. He was, he was juking corners. behind the boots for me. And he's like, I don't want your money, Eric. I don't want it. And I was like, but I got it. Take it. Um, so, so it was, it was pretty cool uh, being able to meet him and just, just get him to sign the books um, that I had. I had a Wolverine number 10 and then I had a new mutants 19, uh, which is his famous uh, demon bear cover. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that cover, um, so that I was like that the one. whole plot of that, that new mutants movie was, the it was yeah, concept. exactly right. From exactly what I right. hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would go with what you heard and not go and see it. I, I legit haven't seen it. No, I actually, I it literally is from what I hear because Remzo saw it. And as you know, cause he's Remzo, he's going to see it. Yeah. I'm not going to shame you for not seeing new mutants. <laughs> uh, and were they, were they pretty personable? I mean, I, I, I yeah. think for guys like that, I always picture them like I feel like I would be so nervous for no reason. They're just especially because they're not real life superstars. Like they can walk down the street just fine. No one is recognizing them unless they're down the street of the Javits Center at New York City Commons Con. So what, what was meeting those guys like? Exactly right. So Chris Claremont is about the nicest guy you could possibly meet. Um, he takes his time with each person that comes in line to talk to him. He'll flip through your book. He'll tell you different stories about the book. Um, and he wants to talk to each fan. Um, so he's fantastic to meet. He's maddening to stay in line for <laughs> because he's taking that time. With I was going to say that's probably great, except for the entire time you're in line. And when it's you, it's probably the best part. You're like, Oh, great. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> but you know, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy. Um, so I met him, um, John, uh, Beatty, 
who um, did Secret Wars. Um, he did some Batman. Um, I met him. He's a really nice guy. He did a, a sketch for me on a you know a comic book blank. So I, I have that coming. Um, so those and, those how does that work then for the, with the sketches? Is it going to be like conventions one hundred and one? Like if people haven't been there yeah. ever, because I have, but it's been a while. And the one I went to out in Tampa is not. It's not the level of, of this kind of thing that we're talking about. Uh, so when you pay for a sketch and <laughs> do you just basically describe, cause you're going to get it later in the mail. He's not doing it all right there. Do you sort of just describe what you want? He takes notes as he started. What's the process? like? Totally depends on the artist. Totally depends on the artist. Some artists will do it right there for you. You can watch them do the sketch for you. Usually if they're doing something that's just like, you know, a remark, which is like a small, like head sketch. Um, or if they're just doing a bust, sometimes they'll do it right there for you live. Um, especially if they don't have a line. Um, if you're looking at something full body or you're looking for something with color, that's a little bit more detail oriented. Sometimes they'll take that away and have it for you the next day. Um, that's what I had with, with John Beatty is I gave him uh, a blank comic book. I said, Hey, I'd like really like a Batman on this. I paid him. And then he took it away and texted me the next day. Um, I said, Hey, come and get it. It's ready. Um, I had another now one. Now you have his number. <laughs> I have a number. I don't yep. think it's his number. <laughs> you might have his yeah, assistance number or something. Yeah, I think it's have his temporary assistance number. That's right. <laughs> um, and then another artist that I had uh, do something very similar for me on the Transformers book. I had him do a sound wave for me. Um, he, I had him do a full body, full color sketch. And he had to take it away because he was really busy that con and he asked me, he's like, Hey, do you mind if I send this to you later? And he sent it to me a couple of days after the con and it came in great condition. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder if some guys just go home with like, you know, a whole folder of half drawn things. I'm like, wait, was this supposed to be shit? Who was that? Was that supposed to be sound wave? I think so. Yeah. Going with sound wave. I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Could be Optimus. No idea. Could be a amalgam between the two. Well, I saw that sound wave. You said that to me. It did look pretty cool, and I knew it was sound wave without, without being prompted. So I, th- I think he did a yeah. good job. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I definitely. Uh, that was Andrew uh, Lee Miller. He's a fantastic artist. He did uh, Transformers for IDW. Ah, uh, very interesting. Okay. Uh, so, all right, moving on to uh, let's go to day two. Guide us through some of the events. Did you get? Are there yeah. new exclusive books every day then? Yeah, so there's there's exclusive drops plus they kind of uh, stretch out the exclusives day to day. So if you didn't get, so if something's like a one in say, I don't know, six hundred, they'll drop one fifty the first day, one fifty the second day, one fifty the, the third day, and then one fifty the fourth day, um, and they'll space them out. That's some vendors. Some vendors will just do it the full first day, and then good luck to you. <laughs> Yeah. There were a whole bunch of exclusives that were sold them, out. So who cares? Yeah, there were a whole bunch that were sold out first day. Um, you know, there was um, so for getting there first day would be the key if, if you really want to make this like a cornerstone of your your sort of yeah. convention strategy. It, yeah, if you want to make sure that you are getting that exclusive that you must have, that first day is key. Not only are there fewer people there, but the line and because of that, the lines are sm- shorter, and you're almost guaranteed to get the books that you're looking for, unless they're really limited edition, like, you know, limited to five, then good luck to you. So, uh, second day, I guess the, the big bright spot for my, my second day is I had a, um, what they call private signing. It was really a reserved signing, uh, with an artist, uh, named Pichu Moko. 
Uh, Sounds very intimate. Uh, it wasn't. It I was picture, right there. I picture a candlelight dinner. You know, you're sitting yeah, down. You know? Yeah, wine. just have you know, just to have like a little you know four course meal. It's real nice, real nice. No, it was now, right now there. That on- I would pay for if you give me. Di- I mean, we're not talking about a sketch artist, although he did. He did used to draw. But you, I don't know what I would pay for a four course meal with like Alan Moore, for example. A lot, right? All, whatever I have, whatever my credit card will, will run, I should say. Right, right. <laughs> so I, um, so that was the. Uh, it was on artist. It was in Artist Alley, which is what they call where all the artists are sitting. Um, and it was basically just go stand in line. You have a reserved uh, signing with her, um, and it was free. She wasn't charging for signatures. Um, you could go up with five books. They all had to be different. She would sign all of them for free. She's like, I will do this. I will do this slave labor all day long. I will just not sign the same book two times in a row. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And she had, um, I guess there was an incident last year at her uh, signing table because she's been a pretty hot cover artist um, for a couple of years now. And uh, I guess there was an incident last year where there was a fist fight broke out at her uh, table and she ended up hiding under her table last year. So she had, uh, very burly um, security guards that I had to look up to. Okay. And I'm not, it like I'm not nerd, a short guy. Was it nerds like fighting over her honor, like trying to win her honor or what was it? Just- no, I, I, no. The, the rumor that I heard is someone cut in front of someone else and uh, nerds oh, got geez. mad. Yeah. The nerds got big mad about it. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen nerd rage in my day. Look, yeah. And we're self-depreciating here. All right. That's we exactly are nerds right. ourselves, of course, or we wouldn't be sitting on a podcast talking, talking about, about comics, being at a convention of comics. So exactly um, right. moving on. Cool. Yep. And then the uh, other two big signings I had that day were uh, with Jim Lee. Nice. Um, so that one was awesome. I uh, got to meet him the second time I met him. Obviously, time, you can't you can't get a sketch from Jim Lee because you don't have 12 days to spare. So <laughs> I also I also don't have whatever thousands of dollars he would want for uh, sure. for that kind of sketch. Uh, he was, she was charging like $150 for his COVID sketchbook. What's his Copies COVID of it. sketchbook? So he, he, did drew, when he was bored at home and COVID? Yeah. He drew a bunch of stuff during COVID and put it into a sketchbook and called it his COVID sketchbook. I don't know if I want to see that. I feel like that. I, I feel like that. That's a, I'm going to see the darkest regions of Jim Lee's mind. If I, if I, I don't know. I saw some of his, I saw some of his Psylocke sketches in there and it looked pretty good. Oh, well, don't, <laughs> don't tell 13 year old me about that. Let me, let me tell you. Cause he's not going to care about spending that 150 bucks. I'll tell you that. Exactly right. That's exactly a problem for right. future Mark. We'll let him worry about that. That's really interesting that he turned, he turned just his, his random COVID drawings into a, a Comic-Con, a, a sale for 150 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It's my first day. I, I sometimes I, ra- I run the open in the middle of a podcast. Uh, so you're telling me that even as the editor in chief of, is he still hold that title, editor in chief of DC Comics? I right? think so. Yeah, of DC Comics, this guy's still got to sling his sketchbooks on on the side for extra cash. My God, yeah. t- tough time. I guess the Warner doesn't pay like I like I thought they might. I guess not. I guess not. And his his pre made sketches were like eight or nine hundred bucks. I was like, no, thank well, you. I mean, that's fair. Cause you know, it takes him like 10 hours. So you, I mean, he's gotta be, he's gotta be fairly compensated here. He is Jim Lee. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. That is true. And then the, the, the last big uh, signing that I had was Rob Liefeld. Nice. What was it like that, in the, the Rob? Uh, he is interesting. I imagine he, he'd be interesting. Yeah. His signature is stupid expensive though. Um, what book did you get signed? X-Force number two, which is the second appearance of Deadpool. Um, I would not 
if I had known how much, how much it was going to be, I would not have waited in that line. Uh, to, we didn't know until you got I, up there? I did not know until I, I got up there. Wait, uh, there was they don't no tell price. you? You don't know ahead there was, of time? There was no price listed. Oh, is this like you a want, fancy restaurant what, when they, you know, the, when a restaurant's really fancy, there's just no price on the menu and you're like, well, I guess I'm yep. spending a lot. Yeah, if you can't, <laughs> don't ask if you can't afford it. So, mm-hmm. um, so he's he like, the, charging, he's like the prime steak at this thing then, even more so than Jim Lee. He is the most expensive signature that I got oh. and he had a la carte signatures. So if you wanted an X-Force book signed, it was this price. If you wanted a key X-Force book signed, it was another price. If you wanted like his other book signed, they were like priced out. An wow. X Force book was a hundred dollars to get signed. Any X Force book? Any X Force book, except for um, there was one. I forget which number it was, but uh, New Mutants ninety eight. New Mutants ninety eight was like a hundred and fifty dollars if you wanted it signed. That's first appearance of Deadpool. Wow. I was just like. Well, so did you play normal X-Force price for your X-Force number two? Yeah, mine was $100. All right, he didn't count second appearance as a... No, thank God. On a technicality. Thank God not, no. Mm-mm. Interesting. I, I do wonder if how much uh, the success of Rob's podcast, which I do enjoy quite a bit. I mean, he's obviously a very popular artist anyway, so I don't know if he needs the, the podcast. But I do wonder if there's a little bit of like, you know, if the newer generation is more familiar with him because they stumble on the podcast and that sort of thing. Um, His line how, was really long. How did... His line compared to like, were any of the other original image founders besides Jim Lee uh, there as well? Was he the most popular of, of that crew? Uh, yeah. Todd so, this thing? Todd was not there. Buds! Um, no Todd. Buds! We got to go to the con, Buds! <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-mm. No, I think he's signed out. I think he's uh, signed every comic book he's ever, uh, he's he's ever just, come across. He's just done. Yeah, anything. He's like, I'm done. I've signed them all. Now he just signs them as they come off the... Exactly, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so uh, Eric uh, Larson was there too. Okay, you didn't wait in the line for Eric. I did wait in line for. Oh, Eric you did? Larson. Did you meet him? We haven't I gotten to that meet day Eric yet. Larson. Is that day three? No, I met her, I met him on day two. Okay. Oh, good. We're still on day two. Good. I want to see chronological. Yeah. All right. Tell me. Did you, did you talk? Did you mention me? <laughs> I did not. I did not mention you by name. Now. What did you get? Some stuff signed. <laughs> I did get something signed. What did you get signed? None of your business. Oh, what? No, no, that's what are you talking about. You're on a podcast. This is all business. Now. You really don't want to tell me? I got something signed. <laughs> You're just going to leave it at that? I'm going to leave it at that. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, interesting. So but did you Did you have any, uh, I'm curious now, I got to know, did you have any kind of conversation with him? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did talk. I did talk to him. I didn't talk politics. Yeah, no. I, um, I know, wouldn't I did, have either, I, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I just I just talked to him about, um, you know, uh, you know, what he was working on, uh, you know, he, he mentioned his, uh, his writer's block and he's oh, like, he how, how he got through it. Um, all about it. He's through it because <laughs> is he through it? Because I still oh, haven't seen this book I, in a couple of months. I mean, he's pumping, he's pumping them out. He's all pumping right. them out. They're not recognizable as, as good Savage Dragon books, but I mean, they're still been pretty slow. I mean, there was literally about, I think there was a year where literally like two came out. So yes, he has. I guess compared to that, he has picked up the pace, but we're still looking yeah. at, at several months between books. Yeah, but uh, right before I was in line, he um, he was going over a portfolio of uh, a kid's portfolio. Um, kid withdrew some comic uh, pages, and Eric just spent some time with him going through the pages and gave him some advice, you know, on on how to frame it better and how to 
you know, make the backgrounds look a little bit more realistic and, and stuff like that. So, you know, he seems like a good guy. He has a really unique drawing style. I've never seen anyone. I, like he has. I, I absolutely love Eric Larson's drawing style and, and his writing on that character. And that's why no matter what, I'll always have affinity for Eric Larson. And I got it. I mean, look, I, I take Eric Larson with a grain of salt, you know, as much as I have, uh, I have, Argued, you could say. We didn't even get to the point of arguing. I was blocked. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. After not too long. Um, <laughs> with Eric Larson and on political matters and then this sort of thing. And uh, needless to say, we don't see eye to eye. But in regular life, I have friends who I don't see eye to eye with. And I get along with them fine. And I think I would get along with Eric Larson fine in real life. Um, but, you know, not on the Internet. That's, it's yeah. not meant to be on the Internet for him and I. <laughs> That's for sure. So that's really cool. All right. So you, you didn't mention me at all. I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I did, I, did not, I did not mention, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get like blocked from the con. I didn't want to get thrown out. That's true. That's true. You got to be careful. <laughs> got to be careful out there. All right. Is that any other highlights of day three to day two? Did you see any, uh, did you go to any like talks or anything like that? I never do that. Stuff, um, I, I, I wanted to, but, but I was so bogged down with what I had on my agenda that I just didn't, I didn't make it to any. Got a serious schedule. Yeah, I did. I, I had all these, I had all these artists I wanted to hit up and, you know, there were exclusives I wanted to go to. Plus the expo floor is massive. This is a total side tangent. This has nothing yeah. to do with comics. I also want to know what, what you ate these days. <laughs> Cause I love New York city food, but I'm, you're probably not, I don't know if you're getting the good stuff in the Javits center where you leaving for food. I, I want to know the whole experience. There, there is, there is no good stuff at the Javits center. I'll tell you that much. Um, it is overpriced and like a twelve dollar hot dog, but it's not even the same hot dog that would on the street, which is actually awesome. Yeah, no, no, it was so the hot dogs because I I got a salad. I actually ate healthy. I got a salad next to the hot dog stand. The hot dogs were made on a George Foreman grill. <laughs> that just seems inefficient. <laughs> it, I mean, it, I, I have made hot dogs on a Foreman grill before. It's not that too. crazy, but to do it in bulk for. Uh, Convention seems like an odd choice. Yep, and there was this huge George Foreman. It was like the George Foreman Deluxe, oh, wow. and uh, they were they were just cooking them up in the vac and uh, and serving them out. But yeah, they, those hot dogs were like ten bucks a pop. You know, a little bit less than Yankee Stadium. Um, 
and you know they didn't come with anything there were no fries there it was you got some hot dogs that may or may not be nathan's or sabrette but you're right the ones out on the street are much better always um, when they're fresh out of that new york city water it says something about them <laughs> Gotta love the dirty water. It doesn't dogs. feel right, but it feels also right at the same time. Yeah, exactly right. So I, I, I primarily brought my my own stuff. I brought like energy bars and stuff like that. Um, it's a smart because, thing. as you know, when I'm on a mission, I'm very focused on what I'm doing, and sometimes I forget to eat. You go off and getting breakfast. Next thing you know, you missed all your exclusive books, and you know what was the point? Why missed my books. Know? Missed my artist. I wasted an hour. You know, I had to go out of the con, and then I had to get back into it, which is no, thank you. I, I can't, I still can't believe. So the, for was life the only one who's, you didn't know the price until you got up there or are some of them like the same way, but you know, it's not going to be so crazy. So you're, it's fine. You're just going to wait. So he's, he's the only one I was taken aback by. I, I couldn't believe how much he was charging. And the fact that he was charging by book type was even crazier. Like someone else, like uh, John, John Beatty was doing the same thing, um, but nowhere near as crazy. If you wanted a Secret Wars number eight signed, which is first appearance of Black Suit Spider-Man, he wanted a little bit more for that. But he wanted 35, where he wanted like 20 for his normal autograph. Um, which I still think is a little a little shady because sometimes people just want some people just want an autograph and they want to get it CGC'd. They don't want to get the autograph to resell it. They want it for them and they want a nice display piece. Right. And because because really, if it's a key issue, you're it's, it's maybe less likely that you're going to get it signed if you're actually trying to preserve the issue and yeah. sell it as the issue. So if you're if you're getting it for your you, it's more likely you're a fan and you just want to have it on your wall or whatever. And exactly right. Look, I'm all for capitalism. I'm not going to criticize their right to uh, to charge, but I I don't like yeah. it either. So I don't think I would do that myself. But then again, I'm not Rob fucking Liefeld. So who knows right. what I would do. Right. But you know, I, I, I agree too. There's there's a lot of resellers out there who are who are getting these things signed to just flip them as opposed to collecting. Uh, so is that why is that why they well they do it to make money, but is it also to prevent against yeah. that? Yeah, because a lot of artists charge more for a CGC signature if you're getting it if you're going to get it graded. Oh, so CGC is a grading deal company. With G- CGC or something like that. No, no. They oh, okay. because they think that if you're getting it graded, that you're going to resell it. So they, they want, want more their money cut. for that. They, they want, want their, their cut, cut up front. They're like, all right, we know what's going on here. So let's make this a commission-based deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, more power to all the capitalists at the end of the day. All right, yeah. moving on to uh, day three. Wrap yeah, so, puppy up for us. Yeah, so day three was another was another big day for me. Um, I spent a lot of time walking around the expo floor. Um, there were a lot of weird announcements that day. Um, that was the, the Saturday. Um so there are two really weird collabs that I, I didn't think made any sense. Eli Manning was there hanging out with Marvel. <laughs> no idea why Eli was hanging out with Marvel. The only Don't, thing I can possibly think is just only because of the New York City connection, but I still can't think of any possible association why he would be in a connection. He's apparently going to be doing something with Marvel. He came out with a Captain America shield. Don't t- is this the I new uh, is this the new JJ Abrams son? Are we going to have Eli Manning? Uh, you're writing fucking Squirrel Girl here, like well, <laughs> Eli Eli and Peyton going to be writing some comics. I maybe, don't know. maybe he's just a comic fan. Anyway, if, if he's actually working on something, I I would it would be hard. You know what? It's it's brilliant marketing. It would be so hard for me to resist reading a book by Eli Manning out of sheer curiosity. So yeah. so I support it. And then the other weird one was uh, Kid Cudi, who's a who's a rapper. If nobody knows who Kid Cudi is. I do know um, who Kid Cudi is. 
he was he was at the con with a big announcement. So he's uh, he's collabing with Star Trek because that makes sense. Uh, he's doing uh, Kid Cudi and Star Trek streetwear. Interesting. Plus, he's got his own comic coming out on Moon Man. Not Moon oh, Girl, uh, Moon Man. No CM Punk appearance at the uh, Comic-Con? You know, I didn't see CM Punk, but Dan Housen was in the house walking around. He? Yeah, Just hanging out? <laughs> he was there for autographs on, on, I think, Thursday or Friday, and then he was walking around. Was there much of a pro wrestling contingent? Because there is oh, yeah. an odd overlap. Uh, maybe it's not that odd because we, we're into both. So uh, yeah. uh, between pro wrestling and comics. So uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so, the, so there certainly was. So down in um, the uh, the uh, autograph section, there's like a whole celeb section where you can go get photo ops and you can get signatures from celebrities. So there was a huge contingent from AEW. I think it's AEW. Um, Sting was there. Um, were they doing and, autographs too? Yeah, they were doing photo ops and, and autographs. You didn't get a yeah. Sting autograph? I did not know. Yeah, too much. You had too much business to take care of. Uh, yeah, I did get an autograph down there next to Sting's booth. I, I actually got one from John Carpenter, who did a uh, Halloween. Oh if wow! Those are not familiar with it. He awesome. also wrote a comic book. You know, Remzo disrespects signed. Halloween. You heard the Halloween. Episode. I heard that, and I was very, very disappointed that he didn't like Halloween. I originally thought. He got Halloween one confused with Halloween three and he was hating on that, which I, I can understand at first. That wasn't the case, sadly. Yeah. And then he said, nobody gets killed right away. And I'm like, that's literally the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Remzo we're talking about, you know, it's, this millennials. Yeah. it's the millennials. Confusing. They confusing don't know what's boy. going on and they don't really know what's good. And they don't really understand anything. And what Remzo doesn't understand is that any horror movie he likes, he likes because of Halloween. Even even ones that came right. out before it. I don't care why. I don't care if it makes sense or not. That's exactly right. <clears throat> While we're going on a little tangent, I should follow up on this. Because uh, yeah. on that episode, I mentioned how I had never actually watched The Exorcist from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, and I finally just said, you know what? I'm going to correct this. So with my wife's permission, because she didn't really like the idea of the bad energy of The Exorcist even being played in the house. But she decided it was fine. So we watched The Exorcist. And uh I think it's probably like Remzo. I'm like, I think it's a really good movie and I can see yeah. why it's, it's the best movie. Knowing that it came before so much other stuff. And so yeah. it's weird watching it now though, because I've seen all these scenes in other yeah. movies that, and now I'm like, Oh, that's what that that's parroting. Like the thing where someone pees on the floor and that's like, yep. that's been so many movies. Um, yeah. So it, it tied everything together and it, it, it gave me the full respect and it's certainly a frightening movie, especially yeah. Uh, as Remzo would say, the real story of the exorcist is actually scarier than the movie itself. So yes. Anyway, we'll leave that at that back to the con. What else we got? Yeah. So wrestling stuff. So outside of the, the celebrity signings for AEW, uh, who is the the main wrestling organization there um, up on the expo floor, there were a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of other wrestlers. Uh, Buff Bagwell was there. Other wrestlers, Uh, meaning they don't work for anybody. They just go to conventions and hope they're retired. Ted DiBiase was there. Um, And I saw a a couple of others there too, which is really cool. Demolition was there. I I don't know how demolition. These are all the same names because I've been to most WrestleManias the last decade and the, and we always go to the the corresponding conventions and these are all the same names that are all all those conventions. Yeah. (laughs) It's your buddy Bagwell. It's basically everyone that wrestled ever. That doesn't wrestle now. They go right. To exactly right. And I think one of the cool things that happened at the con that kind of went under the radar a little bit is that Charlie Cox showed up dressed up as this blue guy. 
and walked around the con. As, as it, was it just a random blue guy or was it an actual? Yeah, he was just, he was just painted blue. I don't know what he was supposed to be, but he was just painted blue and he walked around the con as blue Charlie Cox. Was he trying to not be seen as Charlie Cox or did he want everyone to go, Hey, there's Charlie Cox dressed in blue. Or not, not sure. sure. We're not sure his motivations, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure what his motivation was, but did you know he's British? I did not know he was. British. This is another one. This keeps happening to me. And at this point, I'm starting to think that every actor is secretly British or there's some crazy psyop going on. I had no idea Dr. Strange was British till one day. He's just, he's just talking British. I had no idea. Really? Uh, t- I didn't know Spider-Man was British. So one day I watched he's talking. What is this? And now, I mean, it, it never ends. They're all British. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch just looks British and his name screams British. I mean, I should, I, I really should have seen that one coming to be honest. That one's kind of on me. Uh, I'm not giving Spider-Man a pass though. He's, he should not no. be British. Yeah. Should not be. Anyway, anyway, enough about the Brits. Uh, it, it is interesting. That there's a decent amount of uh, wrestling overlap there, but uh, uh, what else? Uh, there were a couple of big announcements at this convention yeah. too, including, tell me how, how do these announcements go down. Do they actually physically announce them at the convention or do they just put out the news while the convention's going? On? <laughs> so it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of a couple things. So a lot of the booths, so some of the big booths, like the Marvel booth, um, they'll have different show times that you can go and they'll do announcements at the booth. You know, they say, Hey, coming up at four, we've got something going on. Come over. We've got some exclusives. We're giving out some freebies come on over and they draw a crowd. Some of the other announcements happen at the actual panels, right? So I guess there was like um, an announcement at one of the walking dead panels, um, you know, that Daryl Dixon was getting another season or something. Um, And then there were a couple of announcements that happened at, um, the spawn, um, the, uh, spawn, uh, panel that happened. Um, and then there were a couple of announcements. There were some big announcements that happened, um, at the skybound skybound panel. Um, they were talking about bringing out, you know, um, they showed some art from transformers. Number two, they showed art. Skybound from- is the Kirkman, like, uh, it's the Kirkman label that's under image. That is the one that's going to have all the, that new sort of transformers, yeah. the Energon universe, the Energon out. universe. Yeah. So they were talking about that. They were talking about the new GI Joe series. that was coming out. Some of the mini series that were coming out, the Cobra commander mini series being one of them. Um, and that one, that one, I wish I had known about, uh, beforehand, but that was a reservation before the con type of panel. So there was zero chance I was getting into that one. That was kind of like you needed to be a VIP pass holder to get into the line first to register. And then there was also this uh, other announcement from like from Jeff Johns and Meltzer and uh, Brian Hitch forming this uh, this new creator owned company. Did you hear much buzz about this while you were at the convention? No, none at all. <laughs> and I talked to a fair number of my fellow nerds at the convention. Um, yeah, and there was no almost to to nothing you, so you, about you, that. You have to, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, what do you think about hearing about it afterwards though? Cause it, it's almost like, I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like another image revolution. I don't think there'll be anything like that, but it was pretty interesting, especially cause it did seem, I don't and I don't know if he's still going to be, no, they're not. Cause it said they're all going to wrap up with everything they're working on. Cause in the last six months, I mean, they have put out this sort of like this new golden age, which is like Jeff John's little corner of the DC universe right now. And yeah. uh, so I wasn't expecting this uh, to come from him and this group of artists, but it, uh, it does. Uh, it is interesting as, as it always is when a group of well-known artists that have done a lot of work over the last years, especially Jeff John's one of the, one of the most prolific uh, superhero writers yeah. uh, to be starting their own company. So uh, what are your thoughts? 
you know, I think that's, I think it's really great. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of that um, happening with some artists um, and writers because um, you have the same thing, like I just mentioned with Skybound, right? That's the, the Kirkman label mm-hmm. uh, where he's breaking off and he's taking a lot of uh, talent with him. Like Josh Williamson is going over to Skybound to write the Cobra Commander miniseries. He's going to be exclusive there too? I'm not sure. I, I can't imagine DC letting imagine him go. It, no. okay. He writes too many books. He's just, I'm surprised he's not exclusive with DC. Like I'm surprised he's, his contract even allows him to do that. So but. Yeah, but he, he's, I mean, he can just write a hundred books a month and yeah, he's, apparently. he's all good. <laughs> but I think, I think it's fantastic for the creators to be able to go out there and make their own money and not be bound by these large companies who are putting their, um, who are exerting their own will and their own agendas onto the comic books. Yes. And it, it does seem like, I mean, at first, in the last 10, 15 years, we've seen the resurgence or the surgence, I guess, of manga and that sort of thing. And I, all of this is because there is always going to be this thirst for good stories, for interesting content, uh, for relatable characters, and not for yeah. forced messaging and whatever messages. And I think there's been so much sort of uh, backlash that at some point you can forget. Like, I think I think some sometimes it can go too far that some creators... Uh, like to, they want to do a, a book that's pushing the other message. And then it's like, it's doing the other side of things. Uh, but I think what people are thirsting for is just stop selling, like stop pushing an agenda upon me from yep. above. I don't think anybody minds a creator that has their own thoughts and that seeps into their work because that's, that's everybody that, that yeah. creates, but it's when it's this corporate agenda and it's just, and and you see Disney putting out, I'm going to rant here a little bit because I made the mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was purposeful, but just for fun to torture myself and to see what was happening. I watched one of these like behind the scenes things they have on, on Disney plus yeah. of uh, talking about all these, it was like new women writers of the new century or something like that. And it, it was it, the most disgusting part about all this. I don't care what, color or gender anybody writing anything is i just want fucking good stories but these people they do care uh because they don't even care about what i care about because they uh, many of them openly admit and brag about the fact that they never read the comics they don't care about the comics they have no interest in the comics and they're not even talking to anyone who has read the comics and that is just pisses me off and then they say that they're here to bring their and then they'll list their 10 you know oppressed people that they want to bring their message about into the material it's like okay so not it would be bad enough if you want to do that messaging anyway you know if by being pushed from above from a giant corporation uh etc but it's but you're gonna do that and you're not even gonna bother with the source material then why not just make some other bullshit why you gotta take shang chi i mean i don't care about shang chi but you know what i'm saying why you gotta take characters that already exist and put your message on top of them when you don't even care at least ruin at least take the time to know what you're gonna ruin (laughs) you know how are you gonna at least know what you're ruining that's all i ask at least know what you're destroying from and taking from me right so just to sum that up i think you know these guys going off they'll be able to to bring us some better quality stories um you know to keep our to keep my interest i mean i went on such a rant i almost forgot we were talking about this other this other company ghost machine yeah i mean yeah yeah and there's there's another label too um i forget uh jock's moving over there and putting out his own book um i forget what that one's called uh so there's there's a couple of other artists that are doing very similar things and i think that's going to be great for the industry um to just bring out fresh new stories um that we haven't heard before um you know there's a lot of creators out there that are doing just that i think jeff lemire is probably one of the 
um, one of the mainstream artists that I can, or writers that I can, I can name that kind of just goes out on a limb with his stories. He's been That's going cute. wild in the indie scene. I mean, yeah, it's been amazing. There's been so many. I mean, there's a few creators. I think Hickman is doing his own thing too. Um, he was working through Substack. There's creators that are finding all these different ways to, and and the form, the real winning formula actually seems to be, it almost seems like it's the reverse of how it might've been 30 years ago. 30 years ago, artists, writers, they're, they're taking any little job they can get. They're working on their indie stuff. They're just trying to get noticed. They're, they're creating their own stuff. Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, Eastman and Laird. And then maybe they'll get attention someday and they can finally go make it big and work for Marvel or DC. Now it seems like these creators, they get their foot in the door at Marvel and DC. And when it's time to level up, you get out the door and you go do your yeah. own thing. And you don't just take a salary to go work on somebody else's shit. You go make your own book. You own your own creation. You cut out all the middlemen, all the H- yeah. the whole HR department, the ESG department. You cut all this shit out and you do it yourself. So I think, yeah. I think it's awesome. You know, social media, internet has made that so much easier for them to do to get their, you know, to get their uh, product out there, you know, to make people aware of it. Yeah. Look, we live in a day and age where literally, literally any asshole can just start a podcast. Look where I am right now. So Evan is right here. So uh, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on. Why don't we uh, just sum up? Do you have any final thoughts on just the overall, uh, the overall convention and just like, I guess, I guess what advice you would give? I mean, this has all been advice, but if there was to say one word yeah. of advice to give someone who is like, you know what? I've never been, I'm going to a convention. Where, where would you start them off? Uh, so there's, there was one thing I wanted to mention before we, sure. we go into the closing remarks. I did uh, I just stopped by Josh Williamson's booth too. Uh-huh. Um, he was writing, I, he's writing books, right. As he's like, yeah, he was, he was like, ah, just let me finish, let me finish this line right just here. Finishing up Superman number eight. Give me a second. All yeah, right. Just, all done. And I talked to him about the rogues. Mm. Which which you guys right. gave uh, gave a twenty a very rare yes a very rare very rare SBC so I, I I talked to him about it. I said it's one of the the best books I've read you know in the in the past like year year and a half and he's like he's like I'm glad you liked it he's like nobody else did really he's like it's one of the lowest selling books that they had um, and I was like that that's disappointing he's like it's, it's not at it least critically out. acclaimed. It, it might be. He's like, he's like yeah, but I don't out, make money off that. So yeah, Whatever. he's like, it, it came out around dark crisis. So it got buried. Oh, is that what it came out? I didn't realize it was that current. It is that current. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cause I actually read, I mean, I read dark crisis like an idiot. I should have been reading rogues. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> well, I did. I did eventually. Yes. Thanks to you. Um, yeah, wow. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting, interesting tidbit, but you know, like I said before, a lot of the creators are super friendly. Um, you know, so it's it's well worth your while going in to Artist Alley and talking to people. I guess what's nice about comic creators, it's like the only people that are obsessed with them or think that they're cool are uh, are nerdy dudes. They're not, you know, they're not batting off like hordes of of models, supermodels, or anything like that. So I don't. It probably doesn't go to their head as much as say someone who makes it big in in a lot of other industries. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's what I would, if it's anything like podcasting, but, uh, final thoughts on the convention and maybe just, uh, I don't know, maybe just a word of advice on where you would point someone who's like, you know what? Fuck it. I heard this episode. Eric's right. I got to get to a convention. I've got to be a real fan. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think if you've got to go, um, one word of advice, just plan your trip. Um, I can't stress that enough. If there's not something, just the trip, but your, your days too, right? Like your you days. Know. Yeah. So if you if you have stuff that you're you want to do, make sure you're planning it out and don't cram too much into a day. Make sure you have enough time in there to relax. You want a breather. You need to get off your feet. 
um, you need to make sure that you're going to be standing in line a lot. So make sure that you have time built in for all of that stuff and make sure you enjoy yourself. You don't want to be running around like a lunatic, like I was on day one and kill yourself by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I think by the end of the day, I had 110 comics in a duffel bag and a backpack. And I was sore as heck by the end of day one. Wow. But I got everything I wanted because I planned ahead. I knew exactly what booths I was going to, what books I wanted and what signatures I wanted to get. And then you could be more casual the other days where you're not just racing to get every book in the world. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, if you've got multiple days, spread it out um, and just enjoy yourself. You know, that's what it's there for. All right. Some good advice, Eric. Appreciate uh, the on the ground report. I know you got nothing to plug or promote, so just keep listening to the show, everybody. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Until then, read comics and change the world. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.